Greetings, and welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. I'm Phyllis Hollis, your host. As an extension of my Instagram page, Cerebral Women, this podcast offers insights into the visual art world. I interview artists, mainly artists of color and female artists, who will freely articulate what inspires their creativity. In addition, you'll hear interesting perspectives from dedicated art professionals who work with artists and the art institutions that feature them. I'm confident that collectively, these individuals will indeed stimulate your mind as they do our eyes. Please know these interviews are conducted in my Manhattan apartment, so please forgive the background sounds of city life. Welcome to the Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. In this episode, I feature Argentinian-born multidisciplinary artist Karen Navarro. She currently lives and works in Houston, Texas. Karen works on an array of mediums that include photography, collage, the use of text, and sculpture. Her image-based work and multimedia practice investigate the intersections of identity, representation, race, and belonging in a reference to her migrant experience, her indigenous identity, and the history of colonization and its influence. Her constructed portraits are known for pushing the boundaries of traditional photography and the use of color. Karen has won numerous awards and grants for her mixed media photography, among them the Artadia Fellowship and the Top 10 Lens Culture Critics' Choice Award, and has been shortlisted for several more, including the Photo London Emerging Photographer of the Year Award and the Royal Photographic Society IPE163. Her work has been exhibited in the United States and abroad. Selected shows include Contemporary Arts Museum Houston, Far Center for Contemporary Arts Bloomington, Indiana, Holocaust Museum Houston and Art Space San Antonio, to name only a few. Karen's work has been featured in numerous publications, including Art News, The Guardian, Observer, Rolling Stone Italia, and Photo Vogue Festival Italia. Enjoy this episode featuring Karen Navarro. Karen, welcome to my podcast. I'm excited to feature you. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm super excited to be here. Let's start by you sharing with us, when did you discover your artistic passion? I think my artistic passion came around since I am a child, but I would say that I've always been creative, but it wasn't directly related to art. So my grandmother, she was a dressmaker and she had her atelier in her house. And I always spend, I remember like spending time in her space, seeing her, how she created this clothing. And so I think that influenced it much how uh, creative I, I am and, and what I decided to study. So I went uh, to fashion school in Argentina. I'm from Buenos Aires. But before that, when I was 13 years old, I uh, went to learn fashion clothing patterns. And, you know, I think that it wasn't directly related to art because I grew up in a city that we didn't have any museums or, you know, that I was not exposed to art growing up, but there was always a creative side of me. And, you know, I decided to, to study fashion. But when I was studying, when I was in school, I moved to the U.S. And then when I moved to the U.S., I 
decided that I wanted to switch gears because I couldn't, you know, keep doing what I was doing because I didn't speak the language. I didn't speak English when I first came here. And, you know, to make it work, I will have to have a lot of contacts, you know, because you outsource a lot of things. And so I decided to go from fashion design to fashion photography. And then I ended up doing fine art photography. So I actually thought at that point that being a fashion designer or fashion photographer, like by doing that, I wouldn't be able to have like to have a message and make it across the world. Now I don't think that, but at that point I thought I couldn't, but I don't know, everything happened so organically that I ended up like with doing fine art photography and then my artistic practice have progressed. And, you know, today I am a multimedia artist that works primarily with photography, but works in different mediums as well, or work adding other materials to the photograph to create something else. What materials do you use? I use a lot of wood, resin, paint, and that's mostly to make my deconstructed portraits. So my portraits are uh, created from a photograph, and then I add all of these materials to create a more sculptural shape to to the work. But lately, I've been working with other materials like hair, synthetic hair or stone. So I'm digging into, you know, doing other kind of things that are not specifically photography, but materials that, you know, that help me to to tell the story that I want to tell. While you're creating, do you think about who your audience is? Yes, I think about who my audience is. And I think it because, not because, you know, necessarily it will modify the work I do, but I'm thinking it because since lately I am more interested in speaking about my indigenous identity. And since I am in the United States where people don't know much about it, I feel like in a way I do have to educate. Although I know it's not my job to educate, but I do like the idea, you know, of giving people some information and possibly they could get curious about it and read more about it and learn about, you know, all the history and or, or learn a little bit more just to be, just to have another different vision, right? To have a, a wider vision of the world. And also, you know, because since I'm doing this work here in U.S. about things that are happening, you know, in Argentina, and I may go back to Argentina to show work, or I'm thinking right now I'm working on a project that I actually went to Argentina to photograph people who are of indigenous descent. And I want to go back to showcase this work, right, To as a way for them to be celebrated as well where where they are living in Argentina, Buenos Aires. So I think I always have to think about the audience because I'm here in the U.S., you know, people don't know much about it, but also how do I come back and that works translate when I am in Argentina. And are, are there concepts that connect the work? Yes. Most of my work is about identity and belonging and race. 
my indigenous identity, my migrant identity, and all of these is related to the history of colonization. So yes, most most of my work is, I would say, like the connecting thread to all of my work is identity. And do you feel that Hispanic or Latinx art can be defined? Absolutely not. Yes, I don't think that it could be defined because art as Latinx or Hispanic or Latin American or whatever people want to call it, we are so diverse and we are not just one single thing that could be put in a box. And I'm thinking that this idea of putting people in a box is only this idea of categorization, right, puts people in a box that cannot get out. You know, if you think about Latin America, we speak not only Spanish, we speak Portuguese. There are also languages that, indigenous languages that are spoken in many, many languages that are spoken in Latin America. But, you know, if you think also about the concept, what Latin America or Hispanic means, they, they, they mean totally two different things. Like Latin America means that they speak a language that comes from Latin, the romantic language. And that could be Italian, French, Spanish, Portuguese, Romanian. But if you think of Hispanic, it's people who speak only Spanish. And so if you say Hispanic, that doesn't doesn't represent all the people in Latin America because we also have Brazil. Brazil speak Portuguese, right? And they they are not a Spanish-speaking country. So I'm thinking that all this terminology, you know, to categorize people only encapsulate them to an stereotype image of what people are seeing, right? And so I don't think it could be defined uh, art can be defined as the identity can neither be defined. So how do you keep learning? I keep learning all the time. I'm very curious. I'm a super curious person. And, you know, I really like to ask questions. I really like to go on the internet. I think that the internet, it's such a great tool to, you know, learn a lot of things and you know i learned everything most of the things that i do i learn it from the internet or by asking around or by reading and because i didn't go to art school right and so i switched from doing a different thing to starting doing art and i didn't know how to do all the things so i'm very autodidactic and I'm constantly learning. So curiosity for me, it's 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 something that I I keep awake or it, it's it's you know constantly it's it's the way I am and that makes me learn all the time. What do you enjoy most about being a visual artist? Wow, that's a really nice question. Why do I enjoy most about being an artist? Well, you know. There are two things that I really enjoy. One is to spend a lot of time with myself in the studio because I do have time to process, to ruminate, to think about things while I'm doing the work. And another thing that I really like about being an artist is connecting with people. I, I connect with a lot of wonderful people, but especially, you know, I feel like 
being an artist brings me closer to connect with people in a different level. And I love when people tell me that they understood the work and that moved something in them. In them, uh, I think that's something beautiful that happened. And yes, I just I just love it. How has your practice changed over the years? Well, my practice has changed so much. So I started doing 2D, like traditional digital photography, and then I changed to do more collage because I really wanted to push the boundaries of traditional photography. Since I've always been interested in this concept about identity, I wanted to push the layers, right? To have like a deeper meaning, make it more complex, but not only, you know, in what I was trying to say, but also, you know, how I make the work. So I started doing collages with embossing, and then I jumped into doing more the sculptural pieces that I'm doing right now. And, you know, lately, like my latest show that closed a few months ago, I integrated a lot of new materials like stones and synthetic hair and Yes, it's been amazing to, you know, see how my practice has changed so much. And since I'm a curious person, I think that that has an end. So I think in the future, I'm going to be adding more materials. And yes, and just experimenting and, and trying things out and doing whatever the work needs to to have. When do you know that a work is finished? Sometimes I know when a work is finished and sometimes I'm, I don't. I think it, the work just tells me when it's finished and when it's not. Sometimes I, I think, okay, this work is finished and I go back to the studio and, I, and I'm thinking, mm, no, it's not. And so I give it a few days and, and, and come back and do something, modify something. And then, you know, until the work tells me that it's done. And sometimes it takes days and sometimes it takes months it's something weird because you know i am this kind of person who is very organized and exact and and try to do everything very methodic but at the same time i have to allow myself to be flexible with the work because sometimes what i'm thinking or what's in my mind doesn't work and i have to let the work to tell me exactly what I have to do or allow myself to be flexible and malleable to, you know, adapt uh, to the work and what the work wants to to do. Are there particular artists that really influenced you? Yes and no. Like I, I do follow a lot of contemporary artists, uh, which work I really admire, but there is not like a big artist that will I would be like having as a reference in my work. Yeah, I do follow a lot of contemporary artists, but I would say that it comes to my mind, you know, cubism in general, right? Have influenced one of my my body of works and surrealisms. You know, I I really love the the colors and and what they were doing at that period and. You know, that also have had an influence, but not so big that I am, you know, absorbing everything that happened and putting into my work. What would you say have been some of the most substantial challenges that you've encountered as an artist? One of the challenges that I encountered while 
just trying to become an artist was to find a mentor. Since I didn't go to school here in the U.S. and since I came when I was 20-something, it was hard for me to, you know, find a person with whom you can connect and who can guide you. And so I thought it was like super difficult to to find someone and I wanted, I wanted one so badly. It made everything super hard, but at the end I ended up like just having multiple mentors, right? Like that's how I I think of the people who helped me out with little things. I helped help me, someone helped me with this and someone helped me with another thing. And you know, I think of them like small mentors or casual mentors, right? Do you listen to music while you're working? Yes, I do. Sometimes I listen to music, but also sometimes I like to be in complete silence. So I listen to a lot of jazz, like Miles Davis, you know, Bill Evans, Oscar Peterson, just to name a few. Or sometimes if I am in a particular mood, I will listen nonstop to Pink Floyd or some indigenous contemporary music from Latin America. But, you know, it depends. Uh, sometimes I want to just to work with the flow and sometimes I want just to think and process and be in complete silence. When do the titles of the work enter the creative process? I would say that 80% of the titles of the work comes at the end because I am so bad at naming uh, my own work and, and thinking of titles about my own shows that, you know, it's... um. It's really bad. But lately, since I've been doing more and more research, I found phrases or words that, you know, I really connect with them and I write them down. And then I use them to name artworks. And I think that that's when I do that, actually, I feel like it's the full circle. And I'm hoping that in the future, I get to do that more because I really like the feeling of how everything, like, has like a finish line, right? Everything closes and and finish with the name, with the with the intention, with the work. So I'm hoping to do my do more often in the future. If you weren't a visual artist, what other career path do you think you would have taken? I think I probably will have been a biochemist or a lawyer. But to be honest, I don't like to be working eight hours. The idea of be working eight hours, so <laughs> I don't think I would be any of those things, but probably those. Yeah, that's what I wanted to be while growing up. What are you excited about right now? I'm excited about life, you know? I'm excited about finding my own pace, finding my own rhythm. And I'm also excited about everything that ha happened. So I'm in, a, I'm in a moment that I'm trying to appreciate everything that happens, you know, and don't go on this mentality of what's next, what's next, what's, what's the next big thing, and just appreciate everything that had happened and it, and it keep happening, right? And to be more present. What is your process of choosing colors? My process of choosing colors. So um, colors for me are it has certain energy and you know since i'm portraying in my pictures different identities that i do really want to celebrate for me it's very important that the colors are really vibrant and have certain energy 
and you know that transfer this kind of energy to the person who is viewing it and you know my you're going to see that my work is very colorful but also they are very kind of surreal colors and pale colors but very vibrant at the same time to me i come to this part of beauty right what beauty means for me and how can i can represent beauty through the colors but being very colorful but subtle at the same time and you know it has to have certain vibrancy certain energy for me to choose those colors and it's this is funny about color because you know when i was in a school i almost failed an ill one class that was specifically about color and so the head of the teachers came and told me redo all the work in two weeks and we're going to see if you pass. And so I, I I redid all the work. And once I came back and, and you know, how all the work finished, she came back to me and said, you are not understanding color. You need to think better about color. You're going to barely pass, but you're not understanding color. So and at that point, I was super happy that I passed, you know, when so many subjects that you have also to, you know, give exams and all that. I was super happy that I passed, and, but I never pay attention to that. And then later on in life, something clicked on my mind and I started understanding color. And it was kind of, I don't know, it's something that I don't know how it happened, but it happened. And now, you know, everything that I do with color I do it intuitively because I learn all the theory behind it and I don't think much about it when I'm doing it. So what does your workplace look and feel like? So my workplace is that wide, big box, I would say. And I really like that it's a wide, like, big space and very neat. I'm a very neat person. And people usually, when they come to my studio, say, oh, this looks like a lab. And, you know, I like that. I, I like to to have it that way because that's how my mind works. Otherwise, if everything is chaos, I can concentrate. So every time I start working on something new, let's say I finish a piece and I have to start working on something that is a different piece, I have to clean up my entire studio to start a new piece so my, my brain can can work and, you know, make it work. I've enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much. This is the last question. What do you feel is the purpose of art? And as an artist, what is your role? I feel that the purpose of art is to tell a story. And for me also to educate in a way. And, you know, we are in a point in history and we are reflecting what's happening in that time. And not only, you know, we are reflecting that, but I think that it's really important for the people who are living, like who are alive and seeing the art right now to understand our present because of our past, but also, you know, for future generations. And when they see the work and they understand try to understand the work and what was happening at that point in history. So I would say that HUK and, you know, tell story from my perspective. Yeah. Well, thank you. Appreciate the work that you do. Thank you so much. 
Thank you for listening to Cerebral Women Art Talks podcast. For additional content, please visit CerebralWomen.com and be sure to follow Cerebral Women on Instagram.